I think that the best way to find your tribe and find your culture and your community is really being honest with yourself on who you want to be. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks, come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. This is episode number 210 here on the Decoding Success Podcast. You're rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, and you just heard a quick snippet from our amazingly talented, highly experienced guest, our friend Lindsay Hepner, who we're bringing on in just a little bit. We have a lot to discuss with Lindsay. More specifically, we're going to be diving into how to cultivate, how to attract add or subtract from our community, our friend base, people that support us wholeheartedly and symbiotically allow us to support them. We're going to be talking about tapping into our creative powers. We seem to lose these as life gets so serious, or I should say when we make life seem so serious. Lindsay does this through art. If you're tuned in on YouTube, plugging in the YouTube right there, head to the show notes and click the link to subscribe. You'll be able to actually see Lindsay's art, which is absolutely incredible. And on top of that, we're also going to be talking into staying on your toes, being able to pivot and adapt through the tough times we all seem to still be living in to this day, right here, right now. Lindsay, is an absolute mogul in the social media marketing world. Through her creative initiatives and memorable moments, Lindsay has completely changed how influencers, social media, and the overall culture is perceived. Her first business, which she is absolutely crushing it with, is called Vamped. She specializes in curating one-of-a-kind events, strategic planning, world-class content, PR, and representing top digital talent, and... As mentioned, we're talking about the pivot today. In 2020, Lindsay and her team had to pivot, or they wanted to pivot. They saw an opportunity to pivot, so they took advantage of that and created Revamp TV. A lot more to discuss here with Lindsay. That's just a quick, brief bio about all the things we're diving into, her experience, and beyond. Without further ado, we bring to you episode 210 with our friend, Lindsay Hepner. Lindsay, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Excited to decode your success today. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm of course. Excited. Now, first question for you. I told you I wasn't going to disclose this, but this is how we kick off every episode. I'm curious to learn, how do you personally define success? For me, success is waking up every day and being happy. That is That is true success for me because I don't think that if I can wake up enjoying what I do and enjoying what I do for my clients, I really can't get the best out for them, you know, and, you know, I'm in marketing and I have to really be creative and really enjoy foreseeing, you know, someone else's baby every day, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I need to be happy. I need to be present. I need to enjoy who I am and what I'm doing to make everything great for them. So yeah, success for me is, is being happy. What makes you happy? People in my life that uplift me and make me a better human. And, you know, that also, you know, translates with 
people I date, people that are in my inner circle, my clients, just anyone around me that I gravitate towards that that's what makes me happy. And I, I really enjoy what I do at all aspects of my life based on the people in my network. Who's uplifting you the most these days and what are they doing to uplift you? I would say my friends that have, you know, been super loyal and super supportive through everything I've done. My, fr- my core circle who I've been friends with for like 20 plus years. And they have never looked at me as a competitor. They have never looked at me as a threat. And they have never thought I was crazy. They've always just enjoyed seeing me thrive. And, you know, those are the people that I want around me because when I have their support, like nothing else matters, you know, like I'm not afraid to be great. So, yeah. What's your advice for someone listening right now that might be looking for those types of connections? You know, I I could speak from a personal example. I have childhood friends that I don't hang out with anymore because we just don't align. Doesn't mean I'm not friends with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I also have people that I'll meet today and feel like I've known them forever. Right. So I'm curious from your perspective, like, how do you find your tribe or your community that you really vibe with? Oh, I, I completely agree with you. I don't I don't have anyone in my circle who where our friendship is based on longevity. I have friends in my circle who are based on like, are we mirroring the same success? Are we mirroring the same code of conduct? Are we mirroring the same integrity and friendship? You know, it's a two-way street. I, I don't feel like I'm ever going to claim you as a friend if you don't really hold the values of a friendship. I think that word is definitely been replaced as an acquaintance too much. And I think acquaintance needs to come back into play where, you know, you only go so far with me if you're an acquaintance and I will do everything and be super crazy loyal and super good for a friend if I call you a friend. And so I think that the best way to find your tribe and find your culture and your community is really being honest with yourself on who you wanna be. I think that there's a lot of times, especially since I live in LA, you know, people are always trying to be someone else to fit into a tribe that is not who they are. And for me, I've always just been true to myself and who I am. And what happens with that is you manifest those right people that connect with you. I don't want to be fake at the end of the day. I want to, I want to be able to be myself and be happy. And a lot of happiness comes from being who you are and not having to pretend all day. And when you start pretending so much and you lose sight of who you are, that's when the people around you start sniffing you out and then they don't become the people that they want to be for you either. You know, so I always try to represent and try to project and translate who I want to be in my circle. And a lot of times the frequency of me, like some people can't handle my frequency and that's okay because that's not who I'm looking for to be around me. And when people have the same frequency and vibrancy as me, they communicate the same with me and that's who I let in. So that's kind of how I choose my people. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I definitely appreciate that. Now, a few questions just coming about. Firstly, I guess, how do you identify And maybe in your life, maybe you've experienced this or not, but like, how do you identify if someone is wearing a facade or a mask, you know, kind of out of the gate, if you can out of the gate, if that makes sense? 
I think it's, well, for me, it's really easy because I can, I can see people's trauma. I can see right away what's holding them back, what's making them who they are. And, you know, a lot of people can't identify that really quickly, but it's based on like getting to know them right away. I think in my industry, people right away want to talk about money. They want to talk about what they can do for you, you know, and for me, it's like, I don't want to start with that. I want to start like, what makes you get up every day? What makes you happy? Who are the people you surround yourself with? Because we know that the people you surround yourself with is usually what you are. And so when I find those little key things out, I kind of under like understand, okay, this is, this is the alignment that they want to be in. And sometimes it's not alignment with me. You know, I, I think your tribe and who you follow and who you are about and who you want to be connected with really makes sense to who you are. And sometimes that person might not be really you, but that's obviously the person you want to connect with. And, and that's kind of how I see people, you know, and a lot of times I think also people's true colors come out really quickly. You know, I, I think any kind of relationship is kind of like dating, you know, like I, you obviously show your, your best self, you know, when you first initially meet, but after a while, it's hard to, it's hard to keep up the facade. You end up turning out to be the person that you are normally. And that kind of just trickles out like slowly. And then you, you're like, oh, that's who you are, you know? So I feel like you have to kind of have boundaries on people when it's initial, initial communication. And for me, I'm a very empathetic person. So I've always been a people pleaser and not until recently have I been like, you know what? I have boundaries now. Not everyone gets the best of me. And that was really, really hard for me because everyone had looked at me as someone they could rely on, you know? And when you put yourself in a position where everyone's relying on you and everyone is looking for your support, it really drains your happiness because you're taking in so much energy from other people, toxic or non-toxic, and you're taking on their, their sadness, their needs, and, and not putting yourself first. So I try to really be mindful of the people that do that. And those are not energies I want, you know, to, to support because they're not looking out for my best interests. How did you go about setting those boundaries? Like you said, it's not easy to do. I struggle with it myself, whether it's blocking someone on social media or, you know, not answering a text message at a certain time. It's really tough, especially when you're an empath or, you know, you just really give a shit about people. So I'm curious, what was that like for you? Well, I have always, like you said, with texting, that was really hard for me because I'm the type of person that before you're done with texting, I will text you back. Like I'm a very like on it kind of person. And that was one of the first things that I was like, you know what? I don't need to be at everyone's beck and call right away. I have stuff I need to do too. And is this a priority for me? You know, if people have to wait one hour, two hours, three hours, they can wait. You know, I I wait on them. Why can't, you know, they wait on me? So just being mindful, I think is the first step being mindful of where's your energy going towards and is it a priority? You know, are you putting yourself first? Are you putting their needs first? You know, being really present with yourself and really kind of stepping back and being like, okay, 
what what is being achieved right now and and also because i'm an empath um i get very wound up from people treating me a certain way like i'm a super emotional human being so that has also made me really step back a lot because i have to really understand what I'm texting to people because I'm not a good texter. And I know a lot of people aren't like, I'm, I'm not a copyright person. I am, I'm definitely like an in-person, I can tell you, I can articulate things, but texting articulation is not my thing. So I am very much like the, like I like text vomit. So I've had to, <laughs> I've, I've had to learn to be better at that and be like, you know what, I need to sit on this and like really dive into what I'm feeling and not text vomit someone you know so yeah I love that I love that now I want to backtrack a little bit you were mentioning something that's very primal in all of us is like the need to fit in right like wanting to be a part of a community etc we talked about finding your tribe I'm curious though what was it like for you if anything at all when it came to discovering who you truly are as a person right because there's so many things conditioning wise that we endure um, even starting in childhood from the shows we watched, the going to school, elementary school, high school, et cetera, et cetera. What was it like for you to discover who you are today? I I was brought up as a black sheep. Like my dad taught me to not follow anyone. Like I was told from a very, very early on age not to follow anyone. So it's in my DNA when people go this way, I can't even try to go that way. I'll go this way. Like it it feels weird to follow. So coming into an industry where everyone wants to be accepted because, you know, you're in the limelight, you're in the glamour, you know, everyone wants to be cool. It was, it was rough in the beginning for me because I was in no way wanting to be like anyone else. I didn't want my agency to be like any other agency. And I also didn't want to fall in line with their code of conduct, you know, it's a very rat race, toxic industry. And, you know, on the flip side, it's been amazing because it launched my business, you know, in 2014. But from day one, I was like, I'm not going to be what they want me to be. I'm unfortunately I'm not. And I want to prove to everyone that it's okay to be yourself and still be successful. So, you know, with that kind of mindset, the word no was very, very easy to tame because I love the word no. I love when people tell me no because I use it as my advantage. You know, I can't wait to prove you wrong. And I look at it as like a goal instead of like a disappointment when someone says, oh, we can't work with you. It's like, oh, you know what? That's okay. Because the moment I do something amazing, you're going to be knocking at my door and then I'm going to decide if I want to work with you. How do you go from, and it's really funny because I actually hate hearing no. I was a spoiled (laughs) brat growing up. So I hear no a lot. I definitely do. But I'm curious, how would you advise someone in regards to adopting the mindset that you have, understanding that no could be kind of like, you know, fuel to the fire or something of that nature? My business has always started in chaos. In 2014, I got into a really bad car accident. So not very many people get to wake up with that kind of mindset after like a really bad car accident and almost losing your life because you get like this second life to live. And you're like, well, what do I want to do now? I want to 
I want to do everything I was like thinking I couldn't do, you know? So that triggers right away. It's like, fuck it. Like no is the last option for me because I just almost died. So no is simple. So that's kind of coming out of the gates of that. And, you know, I was very, very fortunate to have a father and a mother who always supported me in everything I did being a standalone daughter, you know, like I, I was always like encouraged to be great and be great on my own, not, you know, like, Oh, follow that path or follow this person's path. No, like you are great. No matter what you do, we support you, whatever you want to do. And I understand that a lot of kids don't have that. A lot of kids already have family members that like already have this timeline of what they should be, whether it's like pageants or be a doctor, you know, and they're not really getting to discover who they want to be. And I didn't have that. My parents were like, do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be an artist? Do you, you know what I mean? Like whatever makes you thrive is what you can be. And so the sky was the limit. And so I just stayed in the sky the whole time, you know, my whole life, I have been in the clouds. And a lot of people don't understand that and don't understand how my, my mindset is, but that's okay because I live somewhere else. I don't live on earth and I don't live on the ground. I live innovatively and I live projectively and I live imaginatively. And sometimes people don't understand me and they look at like, what is she doing? Whoa. Like I've had so many people think I was a weirdo when I wanted to get into social media because it wasn't being monetized. People didn't understand what I was doing, but that's okay because I don't live in a place where people understand. I live in a place where you'll understand in five years what I'm doing, you know, and that's just how I am. I so, love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you mentioned the car accident you were in. I'm curious mm -hmm. to learn how someone that listens to this show can avoid the near-death experience but wake up with the gratitude that you did right like you mentioned that and even in a different situation right like oftentimes people flirt with hitting rock bottom before they wake up and they they transform right so i'm curious and it's a question i've asked numerous times so i love the perspectives just yeah. like how do we avoid that really extreme point in our lives but still wake up with the gratitude that you have understanding like, wow, like I, I have another chance at life here, you know, like I'm blessed. Well, first of all, I am a very optimistic person. Mm -hmm. When you're a pessimistic person, you would take the other route and be like, oh, this was supposed to happen to me. Shit. Like another day I'm going to be bummed. I'm an optimistic. So when I, when I had that happen to me, I was like, okay, God's saying something right now. Like he's not ready for you to, you know, be taken out yet. He's, he's ready for you to be a voice or a leader in a space that there's not that many good leaders. So I took it on, you know, I, my background is modeling. My background is being a swimwear model and being a designer. And I really came into this industry to be a light in darkness. Um, I know that. I know what my purpose is. At the end of the day, marketing agency is just a storefront. But behind the scenes, like I'm here for my people. I'm here to support kids that are going through mental health. I'm here for talent that get abused by their own managers and, you know, get taken advantage of. I'm here to show people that feel they have to fit in. You don't. 
I'm here for a lot of reasons. I am not here for a paycheck. I'm here for, I'm, I'm here to be a representation of what you don't have to be. So that is, that is my purpose. I know that. And, you know, I wasn't ready to be taken out yet. So, yeah. I love that. How do you suggest someone finds their purpose? That's a really big word. I think a lot of people are lost with their purpose and, you know, that can be very upsetting every morning when you don't know your purpose. But I think a lot of times people's purpose, they feel like it has to be money or success or something glamorous. And I, I don't view my purpose that way. I view, I view my purpose within people because when I was in the hospital and you know, I noticed people were coming to my bedside. I realized if I was a shitty person, no one would be here. No one would be here. And that would be the most depressing thing because I never had an impression on anyone's life that anyone would actually want to come and support me and see me be okay. So I think when it comes to purpose, you kind of have to reevaluate why you wake up why you want to be on this earth because for me i don't want to be on this earth because of money i don't want to be on this earth because of fame i don't want to be on this worth earth because i want to be glamorous i want to be on this earth because at the end of the day i want to make sure that the people that i love know that i love them and i'll do anything i can to be the best version for them and to make sure that whatever i speak out into the world they wake up and they want to do the same thing and they want to pay it forward to someone else who needs them. That is my purpose. And finding goodness in your own purpose will be more rewarding at the end than any other tangible thing in your life that you think. Right. That's powerful. Now you mentioned the word God, and I love that you did. I have in God, I trust tattooed across my chest. So I'm curious how are you personally buying into the plan that God has laid out for you, regardless of everything you've experienced in life, the successes, the downfalls, et cetera, et cetera? Like, how do you find yourself buying into that? So uh, one thing I want to say is I'm not buying into anything. I am mm. fully letting him into my life the way he's supposed to be and enjoying the process that I trust him and only him to lead me to a path that helps, not idolize, but helps show that he is real and then also show that God is good. You know what I mean? I am, my whole business is based around good people. I do not let anyone, no matter how much money they have, to come and help me market their brand or whatever. If you are not a good person, if you are not like, if I can't dance with you in a way that is loving and, and appreciative and you appreciate me and I can't translate this amazing feeling I have every day, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Like my health is not worth it. My love for how much I love my other clients is not worth it because anything negative, negative, anything draining, translates into everything into your life so with god it's like that that's the lead the leader of everything i do you know and like i want to make him happy i want to make him proud and how i am as a human and how i stand every day is going to translate into you know the power of that 
was your faith and spirituality instilled in you since childhood or was it something you discovered on your own? I've always been very, very spiritual. My parents have both been spiritual. Um, I think that God really came into my life when I had my car accident because I felt it every like waking up from something like that and knowing like his power is way stronger than ever I imagined. Like that was who I was doing it for. I like right away saw purpose and a lot of people don't get to experience that, but I did, you know? And so ever since then, it's really integrated into my life. And ever since I just trust him, everything has worked out amazing, you know? And I've been super thankful. I mean, I'm, my business is known internationally and like, I didn't have to change me. You know what I mean? Right. And I followed everything he he told me to do. I, I chose him before anything else. So how do you get yourself quiet or maybe you don't to be able to listen to what God is directing you to do? I, I am thankful that his voice is super loud. Mm-hmm. His voice is so loud in me and I don't know how to drown it out. So I make decisions based on that. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people push things down and go, nope, I'm going to go this path. Nope. I'm going to do this. I'm not like that. I listen to this and then I make my moves. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it's been the most rewarding because I don't, I don't tune him out. I turn him up and I just play that in my life. Yeah, I think the more you listen to the calling, the louder it gets too. It definitely does. I actually want to backtrack a little bit. The way you define success, I have another question that just came about (laughs) right now. Uh, Obviously, you're a human being. You define success as like waking up happy. But what happens on the mornings when you wake up and you're not happy? Like, how do you find yourself getting into a better state to be able to serve in the capacity in which you do? I have had a lot of trauma in my life based from childhood and recently the probably the last I want to say six months I got a heart healer so I call him a heart healer because he literally pulls out trauma that makes you sad and so unfortunately no not unfortunately but thankfully the last six months I have had zero depression because I can recognize things that I couldn't recognize what was coming from these triggers before. So when I wake up and I feel a certain way, I can identify it differently than before. Like before, when I, when I woke up sad, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have a bad day. This is going to turn my whole life upside down. Now I'm like, oh, I can pinpoint that and then turn it around. So the way that I now think about things is because I've gone to a heart healer and before I couldn't identify depression. Now I can identify it and turn it off. Talk yeah. to me about heart healing. I, I, I love shit like this. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. had my soul read, like I've done, I've done some awesome stuff. Talk to me about what that is. So heart healing is based on identifying doors that you have locked for years. And this person that I work with, he talks to you and then he goes, uh, you know, visually behind you and opens that door and lets it out. And you have no idea how he did that, but it's just recognizing he like somehow recognizes what the root of the, the, 
the causes and he goes through a timeline of people through your whole life and we discuss and we rewrite your life to not trigger those moments anymore. I think the craziest thing that I've actually done with him recently was a trauma that I had based on sexuality and based on why do I have to present myself sometimes in a bikini and like, why do I have to visually be this way? And it was really eating me up because I'm like, I don't want people to think that's who I am. And why am I always having to translate my content sometimes into a sexual type of piece, you know, to get value to myself? And it had stemmed so far back from me as a childhood looking at porn, looking at pornos when I was nine. So we rewrote my childhood visually looking and identifying porn and switching it into something that I love. So we rewrote my childhood to me seeing for the first time, not porn, but a surfing magazine, because I love surfing. And so now when I look back at that moment, I see surfing magazines. I don't see porn magazines. And that rewrote my whole life. That rewrote how I think and I identify things. So now I, it's hard for me to post anything about my body because of the fact that I identify now differently from th with things. Mm. So it's stuff like that. And it's really amazing because that was a trigger for so long that made me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm pigeonholed. I have to be pretty all the time because that's my identity. No, that's not my identity. I'm so much more than that, you know? Yeah. So now, now the experience of who I am, it's like, uh, that's not the foot I want to lead with, you know? Right. So. That's cool. Now, is it like verbally, are you talking or is it just yes. kind of, okay. Talking, cool. talking. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's cool. I'm yeah. going to look into that. I love shit like that. Um, <laughs> I had my soul read by this woman. Her name's Sonia Chalkett. She made me cry my eyes out. Like it was so powerful. I'm getting the chills just saying oh. it. It was, it was so powerful. I did it last year for the first time. Really expensive, but also very powerful. <laughs> yeah. uh, regardless, I'm curious to learn like what put you down the path of going into business? Were you influenced by someone in particular or was it just like something you saw that you wanted to, to give a shot? My dad was an entrepreneur. Awesome. So I, and my mom was a teacher. So I always, it's so funny because now I see everything I'm doing and I'm literally my dad's child. I'm doing speaking, I'm painting, I'm surfing, you know, everything that I've, and you know, I have my own business like him. And I've just been brought up to take, take a hold of your own life. You know, I've never been interested in the corporate world and I've always just enjoyed being my own path. Even too, when I worked in corporate, people could not understand that I didn't want to be inside the box, even in design, because I was a design major and I designed for a lot of people. I just wanted to be outside the box at all times. And like my and that's the same thing how I was telling you with the sheep thing. Like I can't, I always have to be the black sheep. Like I don't want to fall in line. I can't do it. So people couldn't understand what I was thinking. So when I started my own company, it was so nice to be me. It was so nice to do everything that everyone said couldn't happen. And then the fact that now people see me thriving and going, wow, she fucking did it. She actually did it, you know? And so, um, it's just been really amazing to, 
And I want that to be translated to other people that like, you don't have to fall in line. You don't have to be like other people. You can be yourself. And that's like my mantra about when people see my business, I want you to know that it's okay to be you. Right. It's okay. It's okay to be you. That's powerful. Now, I know you've done a few podcasts recently. I'm curious to learn what's a question you wished more people would ask you and how would you answer it? Ooh, I, I mean, I love the questions you're asking me. I, I feel like everyone that I've talked to on podcasts had all these questions and then they're like, wait a minute. I like have other questions for Lens, you know, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't expect my mindset you know, uh, like right off the bat, they don't expect me talking the way I talk and especially the, the world that I live in, you know, and I know that I think what I really, really enjoy talking about lately and what I've been trying to really brand me as like personal branding is to fear your friends, like hands down, fear your friends. And when I say that, I mean, not the people that are your friends, the people that you call your friends that aren't your friends, your following friends, the people Mm -hmm. that follow you, those people you need to fear. Of course, you need to have so many boundaries on social media, followers and trolls and all those people that drag you down. You need to have boundaries on those people and not let them into hurting you. You need to also fear your friends that you call friends that are your acquaintances those people are not always going to be the best interest for you because they're the ones that are jealous of you. They're the ones that talk behind your back. They're the ones that are not wanting to see you succeed. And then there's the other version of friends that because you saw them once or you shook their hand or whatever, you don't even have any association with them, but you, you claim them as your friend those people you need to fear too, because you're idolizing people that don't give a shit about you. You're idolizing and focusing and manifesting on people that shouldn't be at any way your focus. So when I say fear your friends, I'm saying all the people that really are not associated with friendship, all the people that we have for so long thought we need to fit in, we need to feel good because we have so many people we know you don't need that. I have realized through all the years that I've been in this agency on earth, I'm so happy. I have a small, small core group because those people deserve me. And I haven't given them enough time and energy and love because I've tried so hard to please all these other people that would never give a fuck about me. So that is something I wish people would ask me more about, but I think that I'm just projecting that. Why, why fear though? Like why fear your friends? Like, uh, I'm just curious, like the word fear. Because those are the people, those people are the reason why you get up every day. If you don't have a good sense of understanding that you're waking up every morning to better yourself and better others, you don't have purpose. And I feel that when you have toxic people around you, that's when you start questioning yourself. That's when you start questioning your identity. That's when you start questioning your drive because you care so much about what those people think about you. Like, oh, you can't do it. Or, oh, that's not possible. You know, they always like ask you why you do what you do. 
And then you start thinking and go, you're right. I believe you. I'm not good enough for that. I can't go achieve that. I can't go to do that. Yeah, you should be fearing those people because they're deciding your life before you decide your life. And I'm not okay with that. In my life, you don't decide my life. I decide my life. And then the people around me are supporting me, lifting me up going, hell yeah, if you want to, you know, make an agency in the sky. Yeah, Lindsay, you're going to fucking do it. You know, so that's why I say fear those people. Right. Now, in regards to like seeking that external validation, et cetera, how do you transform that into internal validation? Is it just boundaries? Is there something else involved? I, well, I mean, that question's like very loaded and I don't seek validation. You know, anything that I do, I don't try to validate from others. I do things out of love and love for myself. You know, if at the end of the day, I don't want to be sleeping with one eye open. Like if I paint something for someone, I'm not trying to get validation from them. I'm trying to give love to someone. And if they don't want it, that's fine. They don't deserve my love. But if they accept my love, then I'm excited for them. You know, I'm excited for us. And so I think that's that's the problem is so many people feel feel the need of being validated. You don't need to be validated by who? By people that don't think about you when they wake up and and if your health is good and I don't need to be even be validated by my best friends because I know that they're pure people and right. they don't need to be validated by me. So I, I I think that there's like a lot of things that people are expecting to have happen and which is why they do the things they do, you know? Right. So for me, I, I don't wake up going, oh, who's going to validate me today? No. How can I be happy today? And how can I make someone happy? That's right. what I live for, you know, not validating that, you know, like that's a agenda. That's an agenda. And I, and, and you might as well just be getting a paycheck for validation. You know, I don't want it. I want to make someone happy every day. Whether, whether that's my client, whether that's my talent, whether that's my friend, that's what makes me enjoy every day is because I can do that stuff, but I don't love need that. to be validated for that. Yeah. Good. I love that. Are these your paintings behind you? Yeah. That's so cool. My outlet. What's, what's <laughs> the one like directly behind you? I see an ear. Oh, it's. Pink I knew Panther. it was Pink Panther. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I saw the ear. I didn't want to say it though. That's so no, awesome. Co- I love that. Dope. I love that. <laughs> So dope. I mean, the, my my art is is youth, you know, like this nostalgic youth that I want us to all tap back into. Like, why can't we go back to I when I when I paint, I want people to be happy. When they see my paintings, I want them to be happy and, and think back to a childhood moment where they were happy. That's the purpose of it. So right. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I know I need to let you go in a few minutes. I have a few more questions for you. Firstly, what's a piece of advice that was given to you that you didn't want to hear at the time, but proved to be true? Ooh, I feel like I've had so many, but like, I, you know, when you're like put on the spot, you can't think. Um, (laughs) I, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to know it when like I get off this call. We could skip that one. We could skip that one. Oh man. Um, No, that's totally cool. 
I always ask that. And the reason I do, I mean, I've been given so many as well. And it's really cool to like hear 200 plus episodes. It's really cool to hear like everyone's responses. And it just always somehow like ties in to the conversation, whether it's about how you define success or go ahead, go ahead. I found one. (laughs) So I have been told you don't always need to be performing, you know, like I think that in this industry, you're always having to like one up, one up, one up and be on at all times. But I think a lot of times your, your biggest success is behind closed doors. You know, when you are tapping into yourself and tapping into energies that you don't need to be highlighting, you know? And so as an entrepreneur, I really took that advice as, okay, like, I don't always have to be being like, look at how many things we're doing. I want to like present stuff to the world when I'm ready, you know? And sometimes people think that you have to do things so quickly to make it and no, like the tortoise always wins. The hair doesn't win. So I think it's really important to like, remember that, like, you don't always have to push things out so quickly like really give it time and really give it thought and and the timing will always be right when it feels right. So I think that was a good piece of advice because especially now with social media and things going so fast and everyone has like the attention span of a fly and people need to digest content all day long and I'm in an industry where content is king and I am the content maker it's really hard for me to slow down, but also too, I have to recognize that slowing down is not a bad thing. Slowing down, it can also be a memorable thing. And people, when I see people taking time off and, and, you know, reorganizing or figuring out what they want to do next, that's exciting to see too. You know, we have to remember that our peers and who we watch and like, oh, they're kind of like on this, like, low key moment, you're like, oh my gosh, what do they have coming next? So I have to remind myself that it's okay to take a moment and breathe and like reconstruct and redevelop something really cool because your world is always going to want to see it. You know, you don't have to be on at all times. Right. Now I'm curious, what do you credit your patience to? And the reason I ask that is because I'm someone that continuously, and I I don't do this anymore, but I previously did in the past, continuously put things out there, whether it was even this podcast, I rushed this podcast, Mm -hmm. which I'm grateful for regardless, because I'm still doing it three years later. But I did it because it was like a validation thing. I was continuously seeking external validation. So I'm curious from someone that doesn't seek that external validation or any validation in general, is that why you have patience with stuff like that? Patience is a really hard word for me because I'm not patient or present and I'm learning those two words right now as we speak within like the industry that I'm in, but patience, I mean, I've just learned the older I get, it's needed. You know what I mean? You can't do the rat race forever. It's exhausting. It's burnout. And I've been, I've had burnout. I've been really sick. I've had Lyme disease. I've been where I can't function. I can't get out of bed. And just having those moments makes me realize you can't keep pushing the needle if you're not healthy. So for me, I won't do things if I know it's going to overexert my body and it's going to make me be in a situation where I can't even work at all. So I think that's where my patience comes from. Like, 
I have to identify, is this worth it for me? Or am I just trying to get validation from people that don't care and that will digest and spit out my content so quickly? Is it worth it? Because I'd rather put my energies into something that's uplifting and helping people than trying to glorify and validate my business when I've been already doing that for almost a decade now, you know? For sure, for sure. Now, I'm going to make sure that all of socials, websites, all that good stuff is in the show notes of this episode. I still have another question to come, but where do you hang out on social most? Is it Instagram or elsewhere? Just so that people love connecting with people we bring on the show. So I'm curious. I just want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're amplifying that as well. I hang out in reality. <laughs> okay. I, I, even though my business is social media and people think, cause I post maybe every day that I hang out on social, I don't, I connect with people in real time. And I go surfing, I paint every day, I listen to podcasts, I really tap into my friends. Social media is thankfully where my business lies, but that's not where I hang out. I do right. not hang out in an area where that can make me feel less of a human. And when I say less of a human, I feel like every time I go on, you don't know whether you're going to be sad at the post that you see or happy. And with that kind of dopamine that hits every day, that's not good for my health, you know, or my mental stability. So I don't tap into that. I try to focus on what's in front of me and what's around me and the good people in my life that I can like be present for, because I don't want to live in a world day to day where it is a facade you know, right. and I'm only saying that because of the fact that there's not enough preparation to know what's going to happen to you in the, when you go on, you know, right. like the, it's always just a gamble of how you're going to feel. And for me, that's very unstable. Right. So. I resonate with that. And I definitely yeah. appreciate that perspective. Now, last question for you, if Lindsay made it to however old she would like to live 100, 150, 200, 3000, whatever it is. Um, and you could only be remembered for one thing, one piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be? I want to be remembered as someone you let into your life to make you a better person. That that's what I want to rem be remembered as. I, I want people to be like, wow, like she really positively made me better. That, that's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah. I'm sure you've done that here today. I'm very grateful to be able to amplify your message. Awesome stuff. Truly, truly mean that like awesome, genuine conversation. As mentioned, I'm going to have the socials, websites, all of that good stuff in the show notes. Is there anything that you have coming up that we need to make people aware of? Not, not right now. I mean, we're just, you know, plugging away at, at FAMT and we're also, I think, trying to pivot a little bit more again. I think cool. it's really important as a business to pivot at all times, never think that, you know, things are stable, but we've been really focusing on brand identity and helping brands identify their, their next move, which I've been loving because I love seeing I've loved seeing clients like through the whole process and a lot of my clients I've had the whole time I've had my business and it's because I've been very transparent. I've been honest. I don't, I don't feed them the sales pitch. I feed them the discernment and I only offer what I can actually do. And I love seeing my, my clients thrive. 
So I think right now we're just working on a lot of new developing brands and seeing, seeing those, those processes through. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, I appreciate it. Thank you for hopping on here. Appreciate this conversation and glad to amplify it. And there you have it. Episode number 210 with our friend, the very talented, the very experienced, the amazing Lindsay Hepner. Now, although I didn't mention this in the beginning of the episode, you now have the opportunity to share this with someone. In the past, we've done giveaways of free coffees and Amazon gift cards and a whole bunch of other things. For the people that do share it, just let us know that you shared it, whether that be on your Instagram story, whether that be on Twitter, Facebook, however, wherever, send us in a screenshot, show us that you shared it, tag us if you do. Regardless, we want to reward you. We want to thank you for being a beacon of light in someone else's life, just like Lindsay was right here right now so show tribute to her for her wisdom experiences all of the stuff that she brought to the table here on decoding success by checking her out in the show notes of this episode where you can find all of her social links from the instagrams of the world to websites and beyond until next time ladies and gentlemen be blessed peace